worship leaders and worship musicians. Have you ever wondered to yourself, why is my sound guy always mad? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Today we're talking about sound techs. Sound techs should be the best friend of any worship team, but I've heard enough horror stories around the country, and it's sort of a cliche of the angry sound guy at your local church. And we want to talk about why that is. But first, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free guide, 25 Chart-Topping Arrangement Tricks. If you're a worship team that has a song you've been working on for a while, but it's okay, you wish you there was another gear, download this chart. It gives you 25 great ideas of how to make your arrangement more interesting. It gives you a couple sentences about why the trick works, and it gives you a song from the radio so that you can hear the trick in action. Again, you can go to my website, or you can click on the link nearby, blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. All right, let's answer that question. Why is my sound guy always mad? The first and simplest answer is that he's not mad. He's yelling. So... I went and visited a church to help them out with their sound and their band, and it was a very long church. It's an older style building, and so it has a very long distance from the stage to where the soundboard is. Well, the sound engineer, who was a very pleasant man, had to yell all the way from the sound booth to get to, you know, to get the sound all the way to the stage. And he was yelling like, hey, Sherry, I need this from you, you know, with the song. And, and I, I, I explained in my report, hey, super simple solution. You're not an angry person, but you will always sound angry when you're yelling, especially to a woman. Use the talkback mic, right? Every soundboard ever has a little mic or it has a spot for you to plug a mic into to where your voice will come out of the speakers and it'll come out of the monitors. So instead of saying, hey, guys, let's start sound check, you can just go, good morning, everyone. Is everybody ready for sound check? I'm telling you, that makes a huge difference, especially in an early morning where people are groggy, or this often happens, your singers come in and your singers are so relational. They're coming in, they're hugging, and they're talking about their day and whatnot, and you need to get everybody's attention. Well, don't yell because you kill the energy in the room. Simply grab the talkback mic and speak conversationally. That also makes you sound like you're in charge and that you're not out of control. So the first answer is, well, your sound guy might not be mad. He probably doesn't think he's mad. But if he doesn't use his talkback mic and he instead yells, he will sound mad no matter what his intentions were. Super simple fix. Start there. The second reason is that your sound guy isn't necessarily mad. He's switching. Here's what I mean. Broadly speaking, scientists don't get mad at me. Broadly speaking, your right brain is in charge of seeing the whole picture. So facial recognition, reading the energy in a room, you know, knowing situational awareness, all of those things that's actually quite hard to process that takes a lot of brain power. Your brain does that really quickly through the right side of your brain. So if you walk into a funeral home, you can you can assess the situation, you can read the looks on people's face, you can tell really quickly, should I bring my energy up or bring my energy down? Right, a funeral home needs a very different amount of energy from a party at your house. And knowing how to go between one and the other, that's a whole right brain exercise. It requires seeing the whole. 
Well, there's another part of your brain, and that's the left side, which deals with the parts, doing math problems, writing, you know, a paper, verbal expressive type stuff. That all requires you to look through minutia and details and step-by-step stuff, and that's the left brain. Now, our brains are connected, so it's not just that simple. They are connected, you know, we've got this, this stuff in the middle of our brain that connects the left half and the right half so that we're using both parts. Well, guys, we're at somewhat, it's not a disadvantage, it's just different. God decided that when men are in utero, we get a one-time bath of testosterone that washes over our brains, and it actually makes it so that we are not as connected between our left and our right brain as women are really interesting. That's why a couple days ago I was cooking dinner and my wife came in and had a question about the calendar. She told me everything and I looked at her and I smiled. And at the end, I said, I think we're going to have to talk about this later because I know that I didn't hear you. I saw her lips move, but I hadn't yet switched from the task I was doing to what we were talking about. And it didn't get through. It was, it was quite a strange feeling. She probably wouldn't have had the same problem if she were baking something and I came and asked her. She would have been able to do it because she often does that. Guys, we just, we just don't. We're good at doing what we're doing, and then we can be relational and think about the big picture when we have time to switch. But think about what happens on a typical Sunday morning. You have a whole band playing, singing, drums, guitar, a lot of stuff happening at the same time. And to be a good sound person, it requires that you understand the whole picture. And at the same time, you have a lot of minutia. Just look at a soundboard and what do you have? Faders, dials, buttons, all lined up numerically. It's just a long set of problems that you have to solve to get through sound check, right? You have to get the EQ and the compression right for the kick drum, but that's different than the snare drum. That's different than a vocalist. That's different than an electric guitar. There's a lot to do. Well, if a guy isn't good at switching between one and the next, when he's busy doing something that's very numerical and problem-solving focused, and all of a sudden he gets a question from the lead singer about something else, how well do you think he's going to be able to switch from one thing to the next? Well, that's the sound guy's dilemma, is that he is expected to be able to do that. I once worked with a guy who, because of some problems earlier on in his life, had a very difficult time switching. He could be creative and use his right brain under the right circumstances, and he absolutely could do left brain stuff, but he very easily got overloaded when it was time to switch from one thing to the next. So I remember very specifically where we were doing a sound check one morning and I was trying to point out something else that was more urgent than what he was working on that he needed to to do. And he, he pounded his fist and he said, it's so frustrating when everybody's playing at the same time. Which is, of course, funny if you're not the one blowing out because, well, that's the whole point, is that, is that the band plays all at the same time. But for him, that switching was so difficult that it overloaded his circuitry, and that's why he got angry. So oftentimes for sound guys, when, when they have blowups, when they get so overloaded, it's because there's too much for their circuits to handle between that switching from one thing to the next. It's kind of like driving a car. When I learned how to drive a car, my parents started me in a parking lot because, well, I didn't want any expensive accidents. But there's a lot to get used to. You have the gas and the brake and the the steering wheel and the mirrors. Everyone's talking about the mirrors. 
So it's good to just get used to how does the accelerator work when you can just go in a straight line and not worry about having to take it at 50 miles an hour, take it at 10 miles an hour. But once I got used to the motions and used to how everything responds in this vehicle, then we can start to deal with another layer of complexity, which is all the bozos trying to get to work and, you know, whatnot. Once you add everybody else, that certainly adds a layer of complexity. Well, it's like that with sound. So many sound guys, volunteers at churches, know a little bit, but it's not hard to get past the level of, of what they're comfortable with, right? If they don't really understand all of the circuitry and like what's happening internally with the soundboard and how it works, when a problem arises, it's really f- easy for them to get overloaded. And especially if they're having to switch tasks, which happens all the time with sound, you know, you'll be, you'll be trying to dial in the kick drum and all of a sudden somebody needs something more in their monitors and you have to, you have to look up and, and switch your brain from one thing that you were doing to another thing that you were doing. That's difficult. That requires training. The two best sound guys that I've ever worked with had both of these things going for them. They're a world-class guys. The first thing, they know their stuff inside and out. There's nothing better that, that they like to do than cuddle up with a manual and really understand their gear. That's first. But secondly, they've been in so many high-pressure situations, whether it's live sound or, you know, one of them used to be a paramedic, that not a lot ruffles their feathers. They understand how to work with people at the same time. And so if something comes up, they can maintain their calm. They can stay relational. They can say, hey, here's how we're going to fix it. They can actually teach what they know to other people and explain how we're going to get past this situation. And it doesn't blow them out. It doesn't fry their circuitry. It doesn't, it doesn't get to the point where, where they get so angry that they have an outburst because they've been there before. But that requires good training, and it requires adding levels of complexity to the point where you're, you're okay in tense situations like that. So what I would suggest for worship leaders is if your guy is struggling, it could be that he maybe has too much on his plate, right? For some reason, we just think that a sound guy should also be in charge of everything else AV related, audiovisual related. So he's also in charge of pro presenter or the, you know, the lights or whatnot. No, no, no. You need to make sure that you're building a team so that when the guy is at the sound booth running sound, he's running sound, right? He gets to do that and he doesn't have to switch his brain to think about everything else. It also could mean that you need to work on your systems. It could be that your band, there's some things that your band should be doing earlier that they're not doing. And if that all gets put on the sound guy, that's understandable why he would blow out when there are things that he's expected to do that either aren't his job or could be done by others to make his life easier. Please do that. And thirdly, maybe he needs more training. Maybe he needs to understand the board or the routing better. Maybe he needs that time to get his stuff down before the pressure is on when everybody is looking at him and make sure that he understands so he doesn't overload his circuits. Here's the third reason why your sound guy might be always mad, and this is the really sad one. And this is from personal experience. I was talking to a worship pastor and he was saying, yeah, our sound guy, it's, it's hard. The, the atmosphere back there is not good. And my wife, who also sings on the team, um, is just so scared of him that we just don't ask him for things anymore. You know, if, if there's something that we could live without or even something that we kind of do need, we just don't ask him because 
every time we ask him for whether it's something in the monitors or whatnot, he always gets defensive and blows up. It's like, ah, no, no, this, you know, what are you guys doing? He's just mad. He is legitimately mad all the time. Well, why is that? Control. It's all about control. Because if you are a guy like that who doesn't have those relational skills and you don't even think that you need them, you just want to be in charge of buttons and faders and knobs, then you just stay there and anytime a person enters your life, you treat them like a problem. You treat them like a compressor that you could just mangle any which way and you don't even care about their feelings. What he has done effectively is make it so that nobody gets into his space, nobody gets into his bubble, and he can stay in his unrelational mode and be cranky and cantankerous. And now he's controlled people to the point where he has the power and he's made his life easier. I have literally heard of stories of guys who have amassed so much knowledge to themselves that they say, nobody else knows how to do sound but me. So, you know, you need me so much, church, that I get to do whatever I want. I can be as mean as I want to the team. And it doesn't matter because you're not going to get rid of me because I'm the only one who knows how this system works. Good sound guys don't do that. They would never do that because they are all about increasing authority and bringing other people along rather than just holding up in their foxhole and, you know, getting their position so insulated that they don't have to worry about relational skills. Well, the, the command to love your neighbor as yourself, you don't get out of that just because you're a cranky sound guy. God expects us to be able to be relational, and maybe you need some healing in that area, but if you're the lead pastor and you have a sound guy that's like that, you have to be willing to do without for a little while and take that person out of a position and put somebody else in there. The training is out there. The training exists online. I'm, I promise you, you can get help. That's one of the services that I offer. You can get help, but you can't have a spirit of poverty that says, well, this guy is the only guy that knows how to use it, so we're just going to suffer with him verbally abusing our worship team every Sunday morning. So to recap, there's three reasons why it might seem like your sound guy is mad. The first one is really simple. Use a talkback mic. Your sound guy's not mad. He's just yelling because he forgot to pick up the talkback mic. That one's easy. Number two is that your sound guy is having a hard time switching between right and left brain activity, right? And guys generally are. So what do you need to do? You need to get them more training. You need to up the standard on here's what we need in terms of training on our soundboard so that when somebody does have a question for you or when emergencies arrive, which they will, it doesn't blow out your capacitor and it doesn't make you throw a fit, that you're still able to stay calm under those pressure situations and still enjoy your work. Thirdly, it might be that the guy who's always mad and like always mad above and beyond what would seem normal is doing it for control. He might not even realize that, but that's the effect that he's having, in which case he needs to get help. He needs to get healing for his own sake, and you have to be willing to take him out of that position and get someone else trained, even if it's going to be hard on the church for a while, because it is worth it to have somebody who has a servant's heart who can stay relational even in tough circumstances. Hey, I hope that video helps you. And again, if you need help with your worship arrangements, go to blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. 
Until next week, God bless and goodbye.